Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Down the Biscay. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said. You in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power. Have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome to Five on the Floor Live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. we got Brady Hawk. Follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Alex Toledo, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket, our producer here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like and subscribe is Manny Chang. Big week, big week, big win for the Miami Heat tonight, breaking a four-game losing streak. We'll tell you all about it as we go forward. We do want to mention our primary sponsor here. It's PrizePix. Use the code 5FIVE. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100 at prizepix.com. You can play all the sports there. You can play the fight game as well if you want MMA, boxing, etc. Go to PrizePix. Use the code 5FIVE. And again, if you use that code, you get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Play two, three, four, five, six players together. Get it from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or prizepicks.com. All right, we're going to get right to it tonight. This was, uh, in a lot of ways, a morale-saving win for the Miami Heat. Not just for themselves, absolutely critical for them. Four-game losing streak, awful way to come out of the All-Star break. You come in with, you got two new players who are not the problem, by the way. We're going to talk about both of them, who I thought both made big impacts tonight. Uh, but you come out of that break and you get blown out by Milwaukee, basically showing you're not in the class of the top teams in the East. And then you lose to the one of the worst teams in the league again on the road in Charlotte, and you just look terrible doing so. And so tonight, as much as it's like joy that you actually, you know, you beat a good team, whatever we think of Philadelphia uh, and their process, but you beat a good team up there, but you also, you avert disaster because you're up 11 points with six minutes left. We're going to talk about some of the decisions that were made there. But then down the stretch of the game, 
they did just enough defensively. You always want the ball in James Harden's hands at the end of the game for the other team. Uh, they got that. They, Harden had the, the three-point attempt that he missed. I'll go to you first on this, Brady, because we, we talk about this. We, do, we did playback tonight, and sometimes it is as simple as making shots, right? Like, they shoot 40% from three. They're offensive, but, but to, for the shots to be there, the offensive process had to be good. And I thought for most of the game it was good, where at least you were getting enough of those looks. And then, again, they knocked down what most NBA teams would consider a pretty decent night. They finally had one of those. Yeah, when you mentioned process, I honestly don't think the process was much different than past games. I don't think it was much different than Milwaukee. I don't even think it was much different than Charlotte. They just made them. <laughs> like, it was really that simple. Like, they were really just hitting shots. You mentioned 41%. You get a little bit from everybody. You get Max had three. Depot, I thought, was huge in that department. The fact that he was setting up those spot-up threes because that's kind of the department where they're fully helping off him. They're purposely leaving him open in that way. So him hitting those shots is big. Yeah, Gabe early was hitting shots, but he was four of eight. And Love gave you two, but they were kind of in decent parts of the game where you kind of needed that jolt. But I still, even at this point, like the, the highlight of the night, because they haven't done it in so long, they're 40% from three thing. Yeah, the, the shooting thing's important, yeah. But they still scored 101 points in a win. The big thing here is that they were absolutely everywhere defensively. Mm-hmm. And that's what has been my big thing over the last two games. Everybody's like, well, they can't shoot. They haven't shot all season. Like, they have not shot well this whole year, and we were, we're, we've been mentioning it but they've been winning games because of their defense. They lost that over this recent stretch. They have not been defending well, especially starting right before the all-star break in that Brooklyn game. So them picking up tonight, I thought was big. I thought Depot was really big in that department. They basically, with the new acquisition, they're forced to go to more zone and two to one press again. They're basically just lining up Zeller, Struess and Hero down low positionally to be good defenders and letting Caleb and Depot go to town up top. And they were able to do that in those stretches. Uh, Jimmy tonight, we were talking about it on playback, but he had four steals you know when he's hitting those with those passing lanes like that, you know the level Jimmy Butler's playing at. Like, that can tell you when he's doing that. And he did it on the last play as well. We were just talking about it before as well. And that shot by Harden that could have lost the game on, he went for it and he gambled. He, he kind of missed it. Like, that would have been talked about if they made that shot. But he was in it tonight. Like, he was all over the place. So when they have it going defensively, and I can't not mention Bam. I know we'll probably talk about Bam in a little bit different light because he kind of was up and down offensively in this game. But he made a big play late in this game defensively, one-on-one in Embiid. So when they're playing defensively like this, that's the big takeaway for me. Alex, we get into the rotation stuff here a little later. I just want to focus on Jimmy specifically here at the top. Because I, I was saying on playback that it's time. Okay? They're, you, know, you have a guy who is, is your max player. He's getting that because he can perform at the highest level with the highest stakes. That, that's why. Okay? But you have to get there. Like, I mean, you know, he's putting himself and they're putting him, but also he's putting himself because of kind of the inconsistent availability at times this season. And then the inconsistent, I would say, I don't want to say passion, but it's just there's some games he looks like this. And there's other games that, you know, he's not going to look like this. And you know it from the very beginning that he's almost put himself in a position where it's like he's going to need a Houdini act to get out of it in the postseason because you're going to be coming out of the seven or eight spot uh, and possibly a play in instead of where you should be, which is a four or five. Like, they need this, like, 15 more times this season from him, don't they? Yeah, I mean, they kind of do. It's just because the offense is that lacking. But, look, man, I, I don't think Jimmy's been the problem as for specifically uh, the losing streak and these last couple of games. I do think that they need these type of nights more this season just because of where they're at. They can't afford to let up. And it's unfortunate because you do want to manage Jimmy. And I think that's just kind of his load management process uh, of 
getting through the season. You know, he's going to miss some games and certain games. He's basically just going to kind of, you know, play even keeled, not uh, force the issue too much. I, he treats certain games like playoff games. And that's what it felt like tonight where he was just aggressive and just, you know, doing the stat stuffing stuff. You know, I didn't even mean to do it like to say it like that. But really, I just think you saw Jimmy in full force tonight. And it's always cool when you get to see the reminder of who he can be. Not that it was ever in doubt in my eyes. Like, I already know he's going to flip the switch in the playoffs. He's one of those guys who you can kind of count on it at this point. Uh, and, you know, other than <laughs> that disappointing first round uh, series that he had against the Bucks two seasons ago, where, frankly, everybody was bad. Uh, I think Jimmy's been awesome, awesome in the playoffs. It was good to see him do it tonight. And it made me a little bit, you know, feel even more confident about what a Heat Sixers matchup could look like because, and I know we're not talking about this, but, you know, you saw a defensive game plan for him beating it harder than you've seen them executed in the playoffs before. Tucker's on their side now. They have Melton, so obviously they can kind of defend a little bit better than they than they could last season too, to be fair. But still, you see the outline of how you can beat the Sixers team. And so uh, Jimmy looks like he could still create offense versus them, and that's what, you know, you feel best about. I think Bam wouldn't look as bad from an offensive scoring perspective in a series. I think, you know, you had to win tonight with the all the threes falling, the fact that you were able to turn them over and win the uh, points off turnovers battle by double digits. Like, that's kind of the, the formula right there. They get the ice where they shoot 40 plus, 40 plus percent from three. Like, even though it's only 15 threes, it feels like they had this amazing shooting night. They only made 15 threes. That's that's kind of standard in the NBA now. Well, right. <laughs> so I mean, they they like feel nice so team. much better when, when guys hit their threes. They're, they're like, uh, nice by the way, team. Bam and Tyler combined for like seven of 27 from the field. So that's definitely not part of the formula. But the fact that everybody else did their thing, you had to do, you had to like come out with the win from this one. Well, that, that was my point related to Jimmy is that, uh, you know, we'll talk about Bam's defense, and I thought Tyler was better defensively tonight. But Jimmy has to do this on games that he's not getting it from the other two. I, and, and so, you know, we talk about the others, but ultimately if Jimmy doesn't do it, uh, they don't win. I, I thought, you know, you mentioned the Philadelphia thing, and here's what I feel about the Sixers. Uh, and we mocked the Sixers in a whole bunch of different ways, and it looked like Doc Rivers was drawing up plays to lose the 3-1 lead at the end. But – I I think the Sixers don't want to see the Heat in the playoffs. I think if you look at all of the top teams in the East, there's nobody who fears Miami this year except Philly. Like, I, I don't, I, Boston certainly does not. Milwaukee does not. Okay, I don't even think Cleveland does, even with what happened up there uh, last year. I don't think the Knicks are afraid of the Heat. The Knicks have had success against the Heat over the past couple of seasons. I, to me, the one, the one team that does not want – they do not want to see Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. I just don't. I th- They know what he's capable of. They saw and it on their side. He doesn't want to see Bam. They don't want to see – Doc I, doesn't want to see Spo. No, Doc does not want to see Spo. Like, they, don't, they do not want to see the Heat in the playoffs. Like, that is the draw. If you can get there somewhere, that is the team you want to see. It's, it's not a talent issue. They are, to a certain degree, in Philly's heads. I mean – I'm sorry, any other team in the league honestly would have pulled ahead of the Heat at the end of this game. They would have because they just – we know what happens. Miami gives up those leads and then can't get it back. But Jimmy kind of gets it back against Philly. That's what's happened consistently this season. Before we get to the rotation stuff, I do want to mention one thing, though. They got to get 
a better Tyler Hero against these better teams. They just do. Like, we, we, we can't keep dodging this subject. There is a difference between the way he plays against the poor teams and the way he plays against the good teams. And they, you're not going to see the poor teams from the spot that the Heat are going to be entering the playoffs this year. So he is going to have to be better just consistently for them. Brady, is that fair? Definitely. I was just looking at some of the stats here, and I was like, this felt like even like a Philly series in the playoffs. Like It was like all the role players playing really well. You get like 14 from Gabe. You get 11 from Depot. You get 13 from Max. But it's like as much as we take the good, we also have to recognize the bad that's happened as of late. Like we cannot act like all the stuff that happened before was an anomaly and this is what's going to happen. Like this could very well be an anomaly from role players. And what it comes down to is you need your best players to be your best players. And if Tyler's your third best player, you just can't have, I guess, in these games a two for nine night, you can't have eight points. Uh, And, you know, as much as I think we throw Bam in this realm as well, because he was four of 14, Tyler was three of 13. It was actually pretty similar. The weird development for Bam, and I'm not just like going to give him the edge in a bad game, but it was not only the defensive end, but the fact that I don't think he would take these shots last year or the year before. Like once he had like started the game as poorly as he did, the fact that he kept taking those shots and he started, he hit a couple like after the fact, he had a baseline fade that I was like, okay, that was kind of the big one. But like the fact that he was going through it felt important, but still you need a better version of Bam. But to your point, the thing you asked about Tyler, you're going to need a better Tyler. And the thing I keep coming down to is like, there's certain matchups where you can understand it. Like there's like the Boston matchup that is just not a good matchup for him. Like that is the matchup that we talked about for Jimmy. And it's sense, I guess, bam, because he can have that many at times in the mid post, but it's like Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, Tyler has his shots available to him. Like he just will. And it doesn't even matter defensive matchups that they put on him. Like, yeah, Milwaukee could throw Drew on him. This team could throw uh, PJ Tucker on him, but like ultimately he's going to have his pull up more often than not. So it's like more on him than coverages. So to your point, it just feels more matchup based that when you talk about kind of playing well against bad teams and, and against compared to the good teams, it's like it's more about matchups for me. So in a night where like this is a matchup that I think he could excel in and he has this night, that's what more I'm looking at. Yeah. And the, this, somebody posted in the comments the stat that I talked about a lot earlier in the season where they tend to win when Tyler scores less. But no one is saying up, he by the should. Way. You nope. want me to, uh, yeah, I think uh, this is going to, this is going to update it. You. Tyler Hero. Uh, I mean, excuse me, the Heat have a record of 9-16 and 16 when Tyler scores 22 or more this season. I mean, that's okay. But with that being said, it's not like you don't want him to score, right? Like, that's what everybody missed the point with me. You want him to be efficient. You want him to score. But there does seem, again, still to be correlation where against the better teams that they tend to lose to, even though they got to win tonight, he doesn't play particularly well. And then he does play better uh, in some of these games. Like, again, the loss to the Hornets, he scored a ton, right? Somebody had to, so I'm not blaming him well, for to scoring. To be fair, I, I, I'm looking at the game log right here. Shout out StatMuse for coming in so clutch. He did it three times versus Boston on good efficiency this season. I didn't even realize he okay. he played well against them all three times after having such a, a tough series against. Well, them. that's the series he didn't. That's the series he didn't want last year. I, I thought the coverages tonight were interesting too. We talked about it. They didn't. Phil, Doc did not play him like he did in the playoffs last year. So you don't really have. Uh, that excuse tonight. I, I do want to get into the two new guys next. So we're going to do that uh, after a word from our sponsor, our friend Lynette. She was on playback with us tonight. Go to A Aggressive Insurance. It's insurancebylynette.com, insurancebylynette.com. There's her smiling face. 954-581-8800, 954-581-8800. We keep sending people to Lynette. They keep having a great experience. You've got life insurance. 
She's got car insurance. She's got renter's insurance. Everybody needs insurance, right? So reach out to Lynette. She's based kind of in the Northwest uh, Broward area, uh, but she can service all of South Florida for you. So A Aggressive Insurance, insurancebylynette.com. And our other sponsor tonight, odmpsi.com. That's odmpsi.com or, or it's ODM Performance Solutions. We'll tell you about uh, more about them here in a second. Maddie's throwing that up for you. There is the website. Here's the other thing they can do. We mention all the time they can consult and company for your business. But if you need a job, it works the other way. They work with banks, law firms, and even supermarkets nationwide. If you're in Dade, Broward, or Boca, north, sort of uh, South Palm Beach, and you're looking for one of the following positions, reach out to George or Josh at info at odmpsi.com. That's info at odmpsi.com. They need a CNI lender, a CNI credit, business development officer, or a branch manager. So all of those are currently available. Reach out to George or Josh, info at odmpsi.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Well, the Heat made a couple hires last week. And they both worked out pretty well. I, I, I love, there was a four-minute stretch tonight where you saw what Kevin Love still offers. He got great rebounding position. He made a terrific hit-ahead pass for a dunk to Caleb Martin. Um, Another really good rebound, reading the floor well. People who followed me know that I had criticisms of Kevin Love, the superstar. Okay, that I did. I didn't think that I thought he got overrated in a bunch of different ways because I compared him to Bosch and and what Chris offered, and I thought that Chris was always underappreciated. 
but this kind of love, like I, I see, you know, you see it, you see exactly what it is. And Alex, you know, we had Sam Amico on <clears throat> with us. He said he can still rebound. Okay. He can still shoot provided that the hand is healthy and you're going to see the passing ability. He was really good tonight. Like really good. Like not as big a scoring game, but I, I thought he was excellent for that stretch. I thought he, I mean, there was one stretch. He kind of pushed them ahead. Honestly, I think he's been good two straight nights. And I I didn't think he was bad the first game. It was just the fact that he didn't make a shot. Uh, but from the shooting perspective, you want to see a little more, but he does enough. Like if you're making two or, two or three threes a game in the minutes that you're playing, 20, 25 minutes, you're doing your thing uh, from that end. I think that the rebounding has definitely shown itself. I wish he would have gotten that uh, rebound in the Hornets game. Or who was it? Uh, was it Mark Williams who ended up getting? Yeah, it was Mark Williams. Uh, so you know that one would have been nice. But other than that, like I think the rebounding has really shown up. I think the fact that the Heat, and this is kind of an underrated aspect, even for myself, because I feel like I haven't even mentioned this enough. Just the offensive rebounding, the Heat have been very good at defensive rebounding this year. And I mentioned on the last pod that before uh, the All Star break, they've been even good on the offensive rebounding. And I think adding Love and Zeller, I know we're not talking about him right now, but both of them, I think it just really helps because they are depending so much on winning the possessions battle. And you need to do it not only with winning the turnovers, which, you know, they have to do to win games at this point. You have to win that by a decent margin. But when you're also grabbing these offensive boards and leads to second chance points, leads to more possessions, of course, and more field goal attempts, which they ended up with eight more tonight. Like, I just think that is kind of the way for them to win. So um, I love and Zeller really just help you there because there's a lot of times where Bam finds his way out of the paint and like guys do a good job gang rebounding and, and rebounding above their size on the heat. But it's obviously a lot easier to do when you're love size and it's you, you can just box a guy out and that rebound is practically yours. And I just think that matters so much. He's obviously a smart passer. The outlet passes actually happen like once a game maybe twice so it's not something that it's just like you know you see on highlights like you, you're seeing it functionally where it's just leading to a you know a couple extra easy baskets which for the heat matters a lot for a team that you know most of their games have been in crunch time so the guy is not a star anymore but I'm, I'm glad to see him thriving in his role and it's not all about the threes he definitely has to make them though i, I said on the, on the last pod everything else doesn't matter quite as much if the threes are not falling Right, and you, you can get away with it a little bit if the guys are, other guys are shooting better. I, Cody Zeller, though, we've talked all year, Brady, just get confidence there at that position. That's it. Um, they kind of found it with Orlando Robinson briefly, but there's a lot of things that Cody Zeller just knows how to do. I what I've, what I've been impressed with both of them, and I guess this should have been expected, is how seamlessly they've kind of found where they belong on the floor. You know, without a ton of practice time, you know, joining this thing. Because even I, I remember, you know, two years ago when they made the acquisitions, or three years ago, when they made the acquisitions of Jay and Iguodala, who were two vets. I mean, Iguodala is one of the smartest players of this generation. And, and it was clunky. Like, everybody forgets because you had the long COVID break after it, and they came back in the bubble and caught fire. But Jay and Andre didn't really fit for a little while. Like, they went on the West Coast swing, and it was like, where? And again, it's Andre Iguodala, like, l- literally the man. I mean, you know, he's an author. Okay. He's run businesses. Like, I mean, and he looked a little bit lost at times. Neither of these guys look lost. Like it's, it's not, they're, they're not out of position. Cody still has a little athleticism left. He is sort of the perfect could of plug and play 12 to 15 minute guy. 
but I still did, even with Bam having an off night, I did, we talked about it on playback. I did love like holding him out for Cody a little bit longer in the fourth. You obviously don't like that because obviously that could have sold the game, but the fact that they could, and the fact that they were, it wasn't like, okay, it's second. Are we second? We're 30 seconds away. We're 20 seconds away for Bam. Mm-hmm. We're 10 seconds away. It was like, you didn't even realize it was like, Oh wait, there's seven and a half to go. That's like how effective he was, which is like something they have not had in a long time. And in the fact the the most wild stat that I've seen, I was looking at right before we started, I was like, look at just normal plus minus. And I see team leading Cody Zeller plus nine. Again? Talk about a three sixty from the fact that it was usually a minus 47 by this point <laughs> for their backup big. And he is leading the team in plus minus. Like, I know two the out of three of his games, he's done it now. Two out of three of his games. And all three of his games, he's been effective. But to your point, Ethan, you were talking about him kind of fitting in. That's kind of what he's done his whole career. So it's like he's a system player. And the Heat are such a system offense where it just makes so much sense. And it's also – he's also a system player defensively. Like if he's – you know, if you put him in a zone, if you put anybody in a zone, they can kind of figure it out because you're just kind of playing for yourself. You're playing team-wise. Uh, that's what they're able to do. He just sat in the middle of that zone and he was able to do things. The fact that he's able to basically make the swing play of the game, the fact that they have a kind of a break for Joel Embiid down the way and he comes in like LeBron and Iguodala, to your point of making uh, Iguodala mentions, comes out of nowhere, makes a block, they go in the other direction. Like the, We were talking on the on playback, we were saying like P.J. Tucker and kind of losing that that uh, gritty type of guy that, that that's your dog on your roster. Like, look, what you're watching tonight, Cody Zeller was your grit and grind guy. He's the guy that's on the floor. He's the guy that was making extra plays running down the floor. He's the guy that's screening extremely well. Like, that is something, like, I mention all the time that they have gotten great looks. Like, that is, the problem has not been looks. The problem has been just shooting. But, like, extra, extra screening does not hurt. Like, that extra hammer screens, the extra pin downs, the fact that he's running handoffs for these guys. There was a point, and I think it was, like, the second quarter, he literally drew three fouls in a row. Like it was like off a pass, then off a roll, then off a roll. Like he was like, I don't remember the time Deadman, <laughs> not to compare everything to Deadman, but there was Deadman did not have enough gravity to just keep drawing foul after foul. So he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, the only thing he's hurting on this team is their free throw percentage because he's kind of missed a lot of free throws. It's a one and only thing that he's hurting, and you will take that any day of the week. So credit to him. They just. I was saying also on playback. The last thing I'll mention is. If there was, like, we talk all the time about, like, identities and trends, like, with undrafted players. If there was any trend for the Heat to follow, it'd be once you hit a certain point, like, checkpoint with a with an older big man specifically, you move to the next. Like, there's <laughs> no reason. Every time they just get somebody kind of off their cat, couch, if you need a backup big, get the fresh legs. There's no reason Bird to man. overextend your play. And that's exactly the point Ethan was making earlier. Yeah, Bird, Birdman is the ultimate example. I don't think they're going to go 37-3 and three with Cody Zeller, but you're right. I mean, that it's like take a guy who's been off for four months and just milk him for a couple months because he's just moving at a different speed than everybody else. I mean, Deadman did have gravity. He dragged the whole damn team down. So I, I don't know. I feel like the Heat are the only no ones who realize this. Like other teams don't realize that they could just grab somebody who hasn't played. I mean, who's the most well look to get some value? Side, there's that white side guy. There's one more day that he could be eligible for a playoff roster. So if he's done feeding and talking to his fish, why not pick up the way uh Hassan Whiteside if you're a contender? Just plug and play. His legs have got to be fresh, right? Like, I mean, seriously, what's Hassan been up to? Walking the beach. All right. So uh before we go here, I want to mention a couple of things. We are gonna still do playback. During uh, this homestand, Alex and Brady 
are going to be at uh, uh, Wednesday's game. I will not. I will be there on Friday for the Knicks game. And uh, But we will have the usual post-game show and playback and all that. Do you want to mention our sponsors again, odmpsi.com. Uh, and, of course, if you're looking for a job, too, not just <clears throat> you need a consulting company and also a resident insurance, insurancefinalnet.com. I'll just say this before we close here. Uh, and the Knicks beating the Celtics from, from Lynette, not on the bingo card, not ideal for the Heat. This six-game homestand to me is the season. It's the season. Like, I talked about this on playback. Extended homestands can be a bad thing. If they get off the bad start, they really needed this win tonight. Okay, really need it. It changes the tenor of it. But if they get off to a bad start of the homestand, crowds start getting a little smaller as you go forward. The crowds start turning towards the other team, particularly with some of the opponents that are coming in, like the Knicks that travel a little bit. And it builds on itself. And we saw that uh, with what happened uh, even all the way back to the Big Three era 2011. I mentioned this on playback. They had that five-game homestand where they dropped all five games. That was a team with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh on it. And they had Crygate against Chicago. You cannot oh, have man. you cannot have a two and four. I always bring up the good memories. You cannot have that team went to the finals though, and then Mike Bibby destroyed it. You cannot have a two and four homestand and get out of the play in this year. That these are the teams that you need to beat. Okay, these are the teams you need to beat. You need to stack some wins against the Eastern Conference. They need to shoot well. Um, and this comes in. Orlando Robinson did his job. Man, I'll throw that one back up because I missed it. Uh, the Heat gave him an opportunity uh, later on than other teams will look at him. I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player. But I think for right now, what Zeller's offering uh, is, is just more for what this team needs. It's just it's, it's the more experienced player is necessary at this point. Um, I do think that they're going to try to retain Orlando Robinson, though. I think he's, he's a project worth keeping. We'll talk about Yurt and the others as we go forward. Final thing, let's, this is worth mentioning. They went nine tonight, guys. No Duncan Robinson, no Haywood Highsmith. Ah. You like it? You not like it? Yes? No? I mean, I like shortening it if you're not going to play a 10th guy. Like, I, I wouldn't mind Highsmith playing, but I understand mm. against, like, a, a better team like this, if there's not a specific matchup you want him for defensively, I get it. I think, like, I, again, you've seen him play more against the Celtics, so maybe against a bigger wing he'll play, but I think nine is probably the move for this team at well, this point. Well, th th there's a 10th, Brady, who's going to pay the $28 million this year, who may be back as soon as Wednesday. Never mind. Right? So, I mean, where, 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 where does he go? It does make things weird because I was just making the point today that it's like, I think at this point in the season, when you're currently, uh, before this game, you're two and a half games behind the Knicks, you are currently in a play-in state. You play nine men. Like, like we talk so often about Eric Spolstra and he loves going into nine man rotations and we're in, and now he goes to 10 man rotation. You're like, please go to a nine man rotation. It's like, you're at a point in the season where you just cannot keep going to depth when the depth is not there. And even though it was there a little bit tonight, it's generally not going to be there. The question becomes now, if you are going nine and Kyle Lowry is back and you're playing Kyle Lowry, who's the odd man out now? Because you have off the bench, you have Cody Zeller, who is your backup big. Uh, you have... Caleb Morton coming off the bench, who is not going to be out of the rotation. You have Max Schroes as your one specialist who's not going to be out of the rotation. Uh, you have, obviously, Gabe Vincent, who's, you know, is going to be mixed and matched with Kyle Lowry. And then you have Victor Oladipo. So you almost have to go 10. Like, that's kind of the point you're at. So it's like you're either shelving Kyle Lowry to rest and in the injury, which they're not going to do, or you're playing 10. And my question is, 
is this team better off going 10 and, and, or making a decision to cut it to nine? Because I don't know. I look at this team tonight, and I think Spo is just very comfortable with nine. And I think you look at the point now where you're down the stretch of the season, you're playing, you're hopefully playing Jimmy more minutes. You're hopefully playing Van more minutes. You need to put your best players on the floor. So keep digging deeper into your bench. It feels like, oh, oh you're, you've got to be going in the opposite direction at this stage. This feels to me like it's going to be a Depot or Lowry decision, ultimately. Uh, you were thinking Depot. I was thinking Max. You can't though. You 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 literally do not it's just have tough because the, he's a wing. He's a wing. I, I mean, it's just it's a little bit no, but it's just a little bit more size and and you know. I know, defensively, but shooting have already been dwindling, and when the threes are not falling, we've seen that Spo will cut his minutes yeah. short a little bit. So I can well, imagine the argument we down. that Lowry could guard up. I just I, look. They probably not the answer to this probably, the answer to this is probably a couple of different guys minutes probably get cut right like since there's they have guys playing so many different units in different positions you know maybe depots uh, minutes get cut short by a couple maxes by a couple something like that but if you do that the re- I, I hate 10 man rotations um i hate them and the only way i've ever liked them i don't think so he, it, either no he doesn't the only and i think he learned this from hubie brown actually I, I i remember one of my great sort of chance experiences of my career was sitting in a seat next to Hubie Brown on a plane, okay? And it was a three-hour flight. I think I said six words. Uh, and But basically, well, what, what you have here, Ethan, is the cart that brings you the soda, and then after that, behind that, 32% of the time, they'll clean it up within six minutes. So Hubie... Brady in 60 years. Right. So, right. so Hubie... But Hubie was talking about what he used to do when he coached Memphis. He had five and five. He had five. He subbed out five. And they had two different units. And there were some good players on those teams. Take a look at those teams. Those were Shane Battier, Mike Miller teams, actually, in Memphis. And 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 some and James Posey. Some really good players there. Uh, but he had a lot of similar guys, and he kind of rotated it. Spo is not going to do that. Spo likes the, the nine-man rotation where he can have an, a guy anchor one starter anchor the four on the bench. If you are just cutting guys minutes to play 10, the rhythm, you're not going to find that kind of rhythm. I don't, I don't like it. It's like they, they tried, tried some different lineups tonight. We talked about the lineup with Caleb and Jimmy, basically at the, you know, at the two and the three spot, <coughs> which I liked. It gives them a little more size. Um, I, I don't know how you, <coughs> excuse me, how you go 10. Um, just to finish that Hubie Brown story. So we get off the plane and Hubie, we were in Atlanta. It was a connection. And we get off the plane, and Hubie stops me as we're walking out. He says, but there's one more thing. He says, he goes, when I was doing the five-man rotation, he starts, and people started coming from all over the airport to watch Hubie diagram plays, like, right outside the gate. So there you go. I don't think that Spolster is going to do the Hubie thing, but th- that's what it is. All right, thanks to Alex. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to our sponsors, odmpsi.com. Prize pictures at code 5, F-I-V-E. And of course, A Aggressive Insurance, insurancefilenet.com. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.